Very happy to welcome in, as we do each week at this time, our Lansing-bred Atlanta-based basketball savant. It's Tate's Take Hoops, where basketball lives. Deshaun Tate, how are you? I'm outstanding, Jack. I appreciate you for having me per usual every Tuesday, 4 o'clock Eastern, of course. A lot of moving parts. I was trying to figure out what was going on with Rob. I was like, hey, Deshaun, you got any time to meet with us with Jack today? I'm like, oh, What's wait a minute. It wasn't Rob? that bad, was it? Come the, on. The, 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 listen, the weather's nice out there and all this stuff. I'm like, what's going on? But it must have been the emu doka. I don't know. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> all right. I uh, want to start by talking a little college football because because it's number one, Georgia, versus number two, tied for number two, Tennessee. Vols and Ohio State Buckeyes tied for second. Michigan is fourth in the AP poll. Oh, have you seen a bigger buzz for a regular season football game than this one versus two matchup? No, I don't. I don't think so, Jack. I don't really, honestly. And uh, I know this has been one that they've been anticipating. I know we talked last week, and I was like, "Man, what's going to happen? Like, is Georgia going to overlook the you know world's largest cocktail party against Florida, and you know, kind of uh, uh, mail that one in or what?" But they they're, they're ready for it. They that that shows some signs of some maturity, and not just from them, but. Tennessee had a pretty big game against Kentucky who had upset on their mind as well. It was good enough of a football team to do it and took care of business. So I would anticipate this is going to be a, not just a, a really good game, but also Georgia's missing a really good piece off of that line too. Uh, so it's, 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 it's interesting, and everybody around here is really looking forward to it. And not just <laughs> that, but, of course, the, uh, the Falcons is number one in the NFC South yeah. somehow. Who saw that yeah, coming? So, yeah, Thank you very are, much, people. Carolina, for some uh, <laughs> horrendous uh, decisions yeah. down the stretch. Otherwise, we would have had four teams tied at three and five. In that yeah, division. people are excited. People are excited down here, and uh, they got a good reason to be. Uh, the Hawks is kind of, you know, yeah. kind of going through their little ups and downs, whatnot. Their first time on a losing streak this season with a ton of really good games in front of them. So people are just excited about sports. In yeah. Atlanta, all across the board. And last year at this time, the Braves were getting ready to win the World Series. So it's been an amazing 12 months uh, yeah. in the Peach State, plus the fact we were there for the Peach Bowl, which didn't hurt. When you think about uh, what is going to happen Saturday, do you have a prediction? I don't. Um, I just, I'm, my, first of all, my prediction I think will come true, and it's going to be a really good game. That's what I think. Okay. It's going to be really right. tight. I don't anticipate just a ton of just, you know, all-out defense or all-out right. offense. I think it will be very balanced between both. But uh, I, I, I think I think Georgia will prevail on this one, but their hands are full. This is the most important regular season game that we have had thus far, and it might be the most important regular season game. Uh, Michigan-Ohio State is shaping up. It could vie for that, but – you're talking about an elimination game, basically, in the SEC East, and the winner is going to have a, a big leg up to get to the SEC championship game. And for the loser, uh, they're going to have to keep their fingers crossed that a lot of other teams lose so they can get into the college football playoff without winning a conference championship or playing in a conference championship game. Yeah, that's going to... 
that's going to be tight. You got so many different things, all kind of implications that are riding and, and, and on the line for this particular game. And between the hedges, Athens, Georgia, people are going to be psyched. They're going crazy. Yeah. Uh, and and, and Tennessee is not just a team, you know, that people look at and say, oh, well, they had a good run. Now they're going up against number one. Georgia has shown some vulnerability in some of their games over the last X amount of weeks. I think most people are a little bit more impressed with Tennessee so far, I'm not going to go as far as saying that they're playing with house money by any means, but, uh, but, 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 you know, you're the defending champs. That's some Georgia. They're usually in most cases leading up to, you know, uh, this year where they are the, the hunter and not as much the hunted. Well, now they are that and get a little bit of a feel for what it's like to be Alabama for once or something along those lines. So, Tennessee's coming in, and uh, I don't think it's an upset if they beat Georgia by any stretch of the imagination. One other uh, college football note uh, I wanted to talk about, and uh, you get neutral site games down there. There are a lot of games played in the Mercedes-Benz stadium there, uh, big games. Do you think that we'll ever see a Michigan-Michigan State game played at Ford Field in light of some of the passions that have overflowed here? Not saying that that's responsible for it. Just wondering if maybe for a couple of years... It might move off campus. I don't know, but I hope it does. I just think that it, you know, just trying it once or twice or. And people would still be going crazy downtown yeah. Detroit instead of no, uh, on campus. I mean, you might have, uh, you know, fan fights down there. I wouldn't even be mad if it was like one year at in, in Ann Arbor and then, you know, one year at Michigan State and then the neutral and then started all over the same mm-hmm. way. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be totally against that, but. To take it completely out of, you know, being on campus, I wouldn't be in love with that idea, but I would certainly entertain it happening at least once or once every three years. Well, Florida, Georgia, uh, they don't play in Athens and Gainesville, right? They play in Jacksonville. Right, Right. nor does the uh, the State Fair, Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, Texas. They always played in Dallas instead of playing in Austin or Norman. So it's it's happened, but... I think it would be a big adjustment for a lot of fans around here. All right. Uh, Yeah, and you wonder, too, if in a case like that, if one side would still control the tickets for that or whether the tickets for the neutral site game would be split and made available to anyone. I don't know. A lot of questions. Uh, Maybe we'll ask Alan Haller about that when we see him. All right. Let me know what he says. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about college basketball because – Michigan State opening tonight, first exhibition game. Rob and I will be there. Seven o'clock tip. It's on BTN Plus. It is Michigan State and Grand Valley, and the Lakers just lost by seventeen points to the uh, Eastern Michigan Imanis. So, uh-huh. uh, wondering what we're going to see from Michigan State, but I can tell you this: Michigan State and Tennessee had a knockdown dragout. Uh, in the best way possible, uh, in their secret scrimmage in Knoxville. And then uh, (laughs) Tennessee heads to Texas to play Gonzaga and blows out the Zags, which I think shocked everyone. So they won by 19, and Gonzaga is the second-ranked team in the country and getting ready to face Michigan State uh, on the U.S. Abraham Lincoln and the Armed Forces Classic on Veterans Day. So uh, what do you make of this? What do you think uh, fans should look for tonight from Michigan State 
And how good is Tennessee? What is going on there in Tennessee? Yeah, as, as far as, you know, Tennessee goes, I mean, Tennessee's going to always be one of those teams that's going to be really good during the regular season. I know a lot of these games that they've already played, <laughs> uh, these scrimmages that they don't count, I get it. But it's Rick Barnes, and if you know anything about him from his time at, you know, at Texas and even some of the places that he's been beforehand, they, they, he's always a really good recruiter. He's always, you know, always you know, puts his team in position to buy for, you know, in most cases, a conference championship. Um, and not as much, you know, when it counts in March Madness. Um, not to take away from, you know, any of his success. And some of the games that they have actually participated in for some of these scrimmages didn't have one of their best players. Actually, that Michigan State was going after at one point in time, uh, Josiah James. Uh, but listen, I mean, they're, they're, they're an experienced ball club. They've got some guys that are returning. They lost one or two guys to the NBA as well, but I think that they're going to be very solid. I know that it's been put on record that, you know, Michigan state, uh, head coach Tom Mizzo has said, this is a final four good type of team. I got to see that in order to believe that. And it's got to happen for me to believe it. Uh, but as far as Michigan state goes, I mean, listen, when I he said a final four a- ty- uh, good type of team, he talking about Tennessee or his own team. About, no, talking about Tennessee, yeah. uh, in which okay. when, when you start talking about how many teams can actually make it to the Final Four, right. then that's not surprising because there's right. so many different teams that we can well, talk Well, they ranked 10th in one of the polls I saw. That and, is, uh, that you is know, correct. Last year, they were right there, and then uh, they had a terrible matchup with Michigan. Yes, that is true. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Michigan State, I would imagine that we see a lot of uh, Maddie Sissoko uh, mm-hmm. On tonight, and uh, start you know mm-hmm. figuring yeah. you know some of these different lineups and rotations amongst other things, and getting guys amped up and ready for the season. Don't necessarily have a word you might on Jaden Aikens. Not sure if he's necessarily ready just yet, but not yet. I am uh, okay. Not yet. So I, I am looking forward to a lot of up and down and transition. Getting these guys out on the break relatively quickly. Outlet passes coming off those rebounds and getting up up and down the floor fast because they're going to be relying on a lot of the guards for their success this year, so it starts today. Uh, I saw a tweet. In fact, I think uh, you're one of the people who sent it to me, uh, John Rothstein, and he said, looks for Michigan State starting five to be A.J. Hogard. Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, well, he won't be in there, at least not immediately. Uh, Malik Hall and Joey Hauser uh, going small. We know what uh, Joey Hauser did last year uh, in the Duke game. Um well, and, and what he did uh, against Davison, really, is a mm-hmm. reason that they had the success they did. But when you think about uh, that, uh, what Hauser is capable of doing, do you like that lineup or do you like a more traditional look? Um, probably a little bit more traditional, but uh, regardless, I'm not necessarily in love with some of the inconsistencies in the front court between Hauser and Hall. I know expectations are high for both of those guys uh, coming into this year. Well, he called preseason All-Big Ten. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't know if that's saying what about the Big Ten or saying <laughs> what about people's expectations and what they see with their eyeballs respectfully. And I actually had part of this conversation uh, earlier this morning with ESPN analyst Jay Billis oh. uh, and just kind of speaking about you know Michigan State and his overall thoughts on the team this year, and he just kind of went on and talked about, you know, that they'll be very good. They're a versatile team. Were you he higher on that, the Spartans than Jay was, or vice um, versa? 
I think he was higher on Michigan State than I was to yeah. a degree. Yeah. But if you're talking about what you think Michigan State will be now, that's one thing versus what I believe Michigan State will be down the stretch. I, that's when I think that they have that chance yeah. to be very good because yeah. they're going to be relying on some of the younger guys to get caught up to speed at that time. Sounds like a team uh, coached by this Izzo guy. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Uh, and, you know, he thinks that, you know, Joey Hauser and, and Hall are going to be key. Uh, spreading the floor for this team is going to be key. And uh, ex- expectations, you know, for the, the lack of depth up front with Sissoko, staying out of foul trouble, and really kind of, you know, considering what will Jackson Kohler, how much he'll contribute and thinking that he needs to at a high level. But right. uh, it may not necessarily look like a traditional Michigan State team, and these are his words verbatim uh, for Michigan State this year. But uh, turnovers is going to be key, which I couldn't agree with more. And mm. he thinks this surprised me, Jack. He believes that Tyson Walker is going to be the best player and leading scorer on this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that, that's some pretty high praise for, uh, for Tyson Walker, who I think is good, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to go that far. Well, I think Tyson Walker can be as good as Tyson Walker wants to be. I'll sure. tell you why I say that. Last year, uh, he didn't really know what he was doing and how he fit in. It was kind of like a culture shock coming from Northeastern to Michigan State. And he didn't get everything out of his skill set. But when he did, and when he was aggressive, assertive, he shot close to 48% from deep. Think about that. A lot of guys can't shoot 48% from the field. And I've seen some Big Ten players make all Big Ten, and they can't shoot 48% at the line. So he was shooting 48% close to it, beyond the arc. And he's one of the few players, you know, Izzo keeps telling him, shoot, shoot, shoot. And, you know, he'd been a point guard, but I think now he's going to be working at the two quite a bit. And uh, he and Hogard out there together, I think it gives him a chance to a very interesting defensive backcourt, too. I think it does, especially how you have so many guys at that guard position that are interchangeable. When Aikens gets yeah. back, being able to play at that two spot, yeah. and then you've got freshmen that can step in there. How about the? the how about Brooks? Brooks being yeah. able to step in and get a little bit of extra minutes. Of course, Hogarth. Then you've got, you've got so many different guys that you can, you know, put at different places. Um, you know, looking like that, you know, positionless uh, basketball or within guard. Guys that can play one and two. I think it's going to be a very interesting look where yeah. you have a Hogarth who's more bully ball, you know, a bull in a china shop type. And you've got some other guys who's more facilitators and distributors. Some are shooters, better shooters than others. I think he's going to throw some defenses off this year, not just in the Big Ten, but also in the non-conference. May shock some people. Who knows? Well, you talk about things that we have to see. One of them is an outside shot from A.J. Hogarth. Now, he doesn't have to be a 40% three-point shooter, but 35 would be nice, and he's got to be 30%. If he's not, if he's a non-shooter and teams can lay off him out there, and just make him drive to the basket, then sometimes you're playing four against five, and that doesn't usually work. Yeah, and it makes everything a little bit more predictable in terms of Michigan State's offense. And, uh, you know, in that type of situation, uh, you can kind of, you know, uh, telegraph on passes and things like Mm -hmm. that because you know that if you just shut down this particular piece, start putting them in a position where you can dribble the air out of the basketball a bit yeah. too much and you're looking for different go-to guys 
And, you know, many people will argue that Michigan State may not necessarily have a go-to player. Now, that can be a good thing, mm-hmm. and that can be a not-so-good thing. Maybe their go-to guy this year is whoever has the hottest hand that that, that particular night. Right. And, and I'll tell you this much, Jack. I don't know what everybody else is talking about up in East Lansing area right now. I've got my eyes set on this Jackson Kohler kid like it's nobody else. In yeah. I think they're going to see some really good things come out of him this year. There won't be a surprise if people start talking about at some point, should he come back or not? Wow. Um, I, I, I think, I think he's, I think he is legitimately that good of a basketball player. Not saying that he should leave or that he's good enough to leave. Holy but cow. The guy hasn't played a game yet. You know, I yeah, think about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy, yeah. he's back for what? Year eight? Yeah. Uh, year four, uh, I guess, uh, at Gonzaga. Still that way. Yeah, and you know, and he's been a National Player of the Year candidate, and he's back. Oscar Shibway, uh, he was the Player of the Year last year. He's back, of course. Name, image, and likeness uh, in Kentucky. They just start giving you horses. But uh, when you when you think about that, uh, I don't see that kind of a commitment from Jackson Kohler. I think he's very mature. I think he's. Uh, he understands there's a process involved here, and I think he's really going to enjoy the college experience. Yeah. Uh, I could see some other guys who might be inclined to jump, and you see that all around the country. And then there are some guys who just don't like college anymore, Kofi Coburn, who could have made yeah. at least a mill, maybe a mill and a half from name, image, and likeness at Illinois and chose to go play somewhere else, never got a contract. So... Uh, you know, some guys just aren't happy in this environment. They don't want to be coached anymore. Uh, they don't want to go to class. They don't want to pretend they're going to class. Uh, they got other dreams, and uh, college isn't part of that anymore. But I think it will be for some time for Jackson Kohler. Yeah, I think so, too. And and when you start talking about a guy who's got the soft hands and the great yeah. footwork, and he's not a guy whose shoes is nailed to the floor, got gum on the bottom of his shoes. Uh, again, and most this won't surprise anybody. Maybe not the most athletically gifted yeah. player, uh, yeah. but when you start talking about high IQ and getting his chances early to play up against who I think yeah. will ultimately be the national player of the year, Drew Timmy. Remember, we had an interview with yeah. Drew uh, with, with him talking about preparing for Drew Timmy. He's yeah. taking dates off on his Back calendar money to ball. prepare. Yeah, it's not going to be very much longer before he has that matchup no. with Drew Timmy, and I think he'll learn a lot from that experience. Champions Classic going up again. Is there anybody that's going to have a tougher uh, uh, no, uh, no. matchup for themselves in back-to-back no, games? Drew no. Timmy and then the defending player of the year in Oscar Sheeways. Yeah, it, four days gonna, apart. It's going to be yeah, yeah. It's going to be a learning lesson for him, but I think it'll be good over the long stretch. Four days apart with a lot of travel in between too. So that's that's another factor. But you know, when you talk about guys going and everyone is kind of pushing someone out the door now it used to be well you know this guy can go maybe now if the guy's any good they just said well you you should be gone you should you shouldn't be here what are you doing here but i look yeah. at the big 10 and who are the top two players in the big 10 who are projected to be the top player of the year candidates right trace jackson davis he's yeah. back and hunter dickinson he's back these are guys that a lot of people said, well, you know, they had great freshman years, or comparatively so, and then, you know, they were dominant. Well, they're back. I'll tell you what, Jack, when, when it comes, and, and it's not shocking that even within the Big Ten, a lot of these guys that we're naming 
are not are, are really in the front court position players. I mean, you look at over the last last you know one or two years. I mean, the front court for the Big Ten, whether it be you know Pete Nance or whether it be yeah. you know who, almost on any team, Coburn, you name the you name the, the roster. Uh, Zach Eady, doesn't matter whom, you know, they, it's, it's he's the back. expectations. He's back. I mean, the expectations. Pete Nance, these guys he could have been really gone, high. and he's now he went in the, in the portal and, and landed yeah. a pretty good place. Yeah, in North Carolina, in Chapel Hill. So, I mean, listen, there's always going to be those people that say, you should do this, you should do that, you should go here, you should go there. I say, before you do that, and this is, is what I would tell my son, not that I have one on the way, but. I would definitely say uh, soon, uh, not too soon. Don't, don't wish it on me just yet, Jack. But I would say this much: I would, I would say, like, sit down and take a look at what, at which of these franchises that you can make an immediate impact. Because to me, forget about sitting guys down for two, three, four years and try and build them into being this kind of player, and they're only practice players and everything else in development. Who can you provide contribution for right away? And if we can't find teams that we feel comfortable enough to be able to say that about, that's where I think you definitely have to come back. Because it's one thing to get that contract in the first year. It's a different ball game to keep that going from a consistent standpoint and get that big money second yeah. and third year of uh, or second or third year uh, second or third contracts in that league. All right, Deshaun. Before we let you go, we have to talk for just a minute about the association. And um, we had our preseason picks, our playoff picks, right? And yeah, a lot you... of mine aren't looking so good. <laughs> and which team did you have winning it all? I had, um, I had Golden State Golden winning State. the whole thing. Golden yep. State. You know what Golden State's record is right now? Oh, my goodness. Uh, should we go with four and three? Uh, how about three and four? Oh, three and four. How about well, below 500? I uh, took, Rob, as you'll remember, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks... Yep. The only undefeated team uh, in pro basketball right now, right? Mm-hmm. 6-0. That is correct. Uh, looking spectacular. And our biggest uh, area of difference, we had some that we shuffled around. Uh, the Miami-Brooklyn uh, uh, didn't know that Steve Nash wouldn't make it uh, into November, but uh, he's gone as coach of the Nets. And the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, we had them in kind of mixed up order, and we had Utah and Denver and some others just kind of uh, a slot or two apart. But in the eighth slot in the West, yeah, you had the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, what was I thinking? How they doing? Yeah, they're not doing good at all. Just got their first <laughs> win. If you would have told me that that first win was going to come against, uh, you know, uh, or first of all, that their first yeah. win was going to come after – a whole handful of games yeah. probably would have called you crazy, but even more so that it was going to happen against the Denver Nuggets, a team that we put in such high regard yeah. in the West. I would have said it, you were crazy at that too, but it's a long, long, long season. season. That's my, I, I get that's it. My, that's my disclaimer. All right. you know okay. that that's where I was going. I got it. Do you know what the Lakers winning percentage is? Oh, geez. Right now, yep. um, shoot, probably what? Like, geez, not even, not even a whole one percent, I feel. No, like. it's one one sixty-seven. Wow! So uh, they are one and five, and my choice for the eighth spot are the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, who have the uh, best record? Yeah, looking right, good. tied for the best record in the West at five and one. So uh, they are at eight thirty-three. 
And if you put 833 and 167 together, then you get 1,000. So uh, yeah. they just have flipped records, 1 and 5 for L.A. and 5 and 1 for Portland. And let's not forget Jack's Cleveland Cavalier pick. Thank either. you, Rob. You deserve a raise yeah. for saying that. That yeah. was good. See how he throw it in there? Yeah. I believe 5 and 1 yeah. to start the season. Yeah. That was my sleeper team, and they've woken up, and they didn't have Darius Garland yet. Yeah. Yeah, something else I was thinking about and looking at too, Jack. We expected for teams like Utah, San Antonio to just go completely yeah, in the dump. Absolutely. And, so and, and and these are teams that are at the top. They're you know, third and fourth in the West. The West right now, yeah, seriously. And and but I I feel like I've done a halfway decent job with you know, we, we, we all kind of figured that New Orleans yeah. is gonna take a bump up. They look really good. And even Memphis that I put in my seventh spot currently in eighth. I have to keep a close eye on that. But, again, not too much credit because there's still a long way to go. Yeah. Well, uh, do you think that either San Antonio or Utah will make the expanded playoffs, that is the top ten teams uh, in the Western Conference? Right now they're three and four. Or do you think that they will plummet soon? Um, I don't know how soon. Um, but I will say that they will plummet. I think the first team that I feel the most comfortable about saying that that will happen to is Utah. I don't think that tanking as much as, you know, the rumors have been thrown around here and there about San Antonio. I don't think that is in the mentality of, of Coach Pop at all. Um, and now whether his mentality is what is going to hold up, because he's not the one putting the points on the board and out there getting stops or anything, but – uh, I, I, I just don't see someone like him being all bought in on the, you know, Victor Wimbanyama uh, sweet yeah. state. Yeah. Well, the Jazz last night, I don't know if you caught any of that game, but uh, Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of people's choice uh, to challenge the Warriors in the West. Yeah. And Utah beat them by 16 points, and it was not fluky. Yeah. And uh, I think Utah has a guy who – who might be um, surprise player of the year. You're going to pick one guy who has just said, I didn't see that coming. How about Laurie Markkinen? Laurie Markkinen. Unbelievable. Laurie Markkinen, Laurie Markkinen has really kind of, you know, reshaped the not image, but just the thoughts in a lot of people's yeah. minds who, you know, obviously he's a good jump shooter coming out of Arizona, maybe not necessarily have the defensive impact yeah. uh, for a guy of his size, but, expectations for guys like Jordan Clarkson and right. so forth. I mean, they're really putting it together and playing together as a unit. And I think not having all that pressure or bullseye on your back and everything else, people, you know, writing you off is yeah. something that is kind of driving them to a degree. And uh, Laurie Markin and being at the at the forefront of that, I think is good for that particular team. Yeah. And Kelly O'Lenick, they've got guys yeah. that, yeah. I think they've got some guys that fit because they have guys that want to win. It's one thing to have the talent to do it and to just talk about it, tweet about it, text about it, but to actually go out there and put it out there on the floor, at least for a whole week so far, yeah. two weeks, I think that uh, it's shown and proven. We will talk with you next week, Deshaun. Uh, you're going to want to listen to our next guest, a guy that you know, uh -oh. Aloysius Anagagne. Hey! Big Al. He's going to join us and um, Pride of France and He's yeah. lived in eight different countries, but yeah, they could gonna... probably they they could probably use him on this football team, Jack. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, in about <laughs> six positions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Deshaun. Have a great week. Thanks so much, Jack. Appreciate it. Next time.